It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome in, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, week six has kicked off. How are you doing, buddy? You know what? Until you said it right there, I, I didn't really... It didn't hit me that it is week six. Like, the season is going way too fast, and yeah, we're... Past- they're almost at halftime here of uh, the Bucks Eagles game, and it's going as expected. I'm doing well, man. You know, it was a long weekend last weekend with the family and Thanksgiving. We had the episode after that, but uh, it's been a long, short week, like we just both uh, were talking about off the air. Uh, but I'm glad to be on with you. There's lots to talk about this week, and I'm excited for not only uh, NFL football, but for some fantasy football for uh, this week's matchups. Absolutely. Like we, you know, we kind of touched on it last time. Teams are figuring out where they're at. Some teams are deciding the season's already over. We're not even like a third of the way through. Some teams are just getting things going and uh, it's a good time of year. You know, you've got, this is the time of craziness. This is the time where literally anything can happen because you've got injuries. You've got teams wearing down. You've got defenses falling apart. You've got bye weeks. You've got, you know, waiver wire studs appearing every week all of a sudden. This is the. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a football fan. It's a great time to be a fantasy football manager. I love it. Um, but yeah, welcome into the show, everybody. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us at the Fantasy Falcon Football. We love to have you. If you're a returning Falcon maniac, welcome back. We hope that week five was good to you. We hope that uh, some of those 10,000 fantasy points that came around Monday night helped you out. I know uh, one of our listeners sent a picture of one of his lineups and he uh, he scored 100 points from three players on Monday night. So pretty big swing in that matchup. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you got what you needed. And, uh, you know, whether you did or didn't, we've got what you need this week. Um, Make sure you're listening twice a week. We come out on Tuesdays and Fridays. So uh, if you don't want to miss anything, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, if that's just not enough for you, Falcon Maniacs, make sure you check us out on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram. And like we mentioned on uh, Tuesday's show, our handle has slightly changed. You can find us at Falcon Maniacs Football. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, and let's talk some football, buddy. Yeah, man, we're 69 episodes into this thing. We've been doing the jersey swap for a little while now, and this one is a fun number. Uh, Ooh. People <laughs> think they have a good sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. So um, I didn't get too much into the uh, actual players that wear it, uh, wore it, but I got there's so many movie options and uh, other options that I, I thought I'd write them down. So let's get into number 69. We got Billy Bob from Varsity Blues, Doug the Thug Glatt from the movie Goon, Downtown from the Flint Tropics, uh, and then NFL, uh, you know, one of the all-time best sack artists, uh, Jared Allen, uh, David Bactieri, a current player for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it came up every time I searched it online, a D-Generation X, if you were a wrestling fan back in the late 90s and loved DX. They have a jersey that has the number 69 on it, obviously. Uh, but as soon as you added this one to the list, it was a no-brainer for me. We're rocking a Tron Tim uh, jersey, Tim Batnagar for jersey from A.B. Lucas Vikings football. That... Uh, did you play together, or was he? He's a year older, right? So, or a couple years older. Yeah, he's a few years older. So, I was playing. Uh, I was playing on the junior varsity squad, and Tim was finishing up his time with the varsity team. But uh, you know what? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. So, uh, I don't know about you, but I am all over that that uh, blue on blue, that Tron Timmy Batnagar. They had to put the name across from sleeve to sleeve because it didn't quite fit between the shoulder pads. Oh, absolutely. Let's put an order in right now for two, please. (laughs) 
I wonder if we can get like light up ones that just say Tron, like black jerseys with baby blue lights on them. Oh, yes, yes. All right, I like it. It'll it'll be the first thing in the merch store. Anyways, man, uh, we got a lot to get to, and uh, we got some action already happening this week. But before we can get to all that, we got to hit the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. So uh, you actually had a couple of questions, and I know you wanted to get to them um, on the last episode. But uh, do you want to do you want to tell us what you've been thinking yeah, about? It, well, you know, I don't even really know how to really discuss this, but it just it's driving me nuts, and I'm sure you've noticed it because you're watching football as well. But the, it seems like the roughing the passer penalties are very very weak this year, and I don't know about your thoughts, but pass interference. This is a spot foul. It's kind of driving me nuts, and teams are kind of exploiting it and using it, uh, not you know, in the true spirit of the rule. So I don't know if you know if you have any suggestions or any ideas you'd like to see the NFL implement, or if it's just, you know, the reason I started the rough in the passer thing. I know I know Josh Allen's an elite talent, um, but he's got a little bit of a LeBron in him where he flops a little bit, and when he got hit there, he like jumped and dove like a pro wrestler, and and it got the call and it worked. And if it works, then so be it. But I think that's part of the problem that it's starting to work and these guys are realizing, you know, if I fall a little funnier or harder than I would have, I'll get 15 yards in a first down and it's driving me nuts. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, at the at the root of it, over the last few years, we've seen these rule changes made and we have to remember that at the root of it, what they're trying to do is protect the players, avoid serious injuries, especially at the quarterback position and improve the on-field product. But the problem that they're running into is that the letter of the law and the spirit of the rule are kind of two different things. And a lot of officiating crews are calling things by the letter of the law, but not within the spirit. Um, So what, you know, when you have defenders who can't hit high, can't hit low, and if they hit in the middle of the body and their momentum takes them down and they land on top of the quarterback, that's a penalty as well. It really, um, it really ends up limiting you as a, uh, you know, as somebody who's attacking the quarterback. What can you actually do? So you can tackle them, but you can't fall down because you see all the time guys are catching their own body weight with their hands out, which is number one. That's dangerous to defensive players to put your hands down because all it takes is a body to fall into your arm or into your elbow, and you're in big trouble. But uh, and then they're still being penalized, you know, or they're partially falling on the on the quarterback or the quarterback's kind of selling it a little bit more. How how vicious a hit right at the moment of throwing might be. Um, But another big problem that the NFL is running into right now is just the consistency that these things are being called. You've got some officiating crews that, you know, have made this call over the last two years, 15, 20 times, and other officiating crews that have only made it once or twice. And you have some NFL teams that have benefited from roughing the passer calls, you know, in the double digits, and others that have only benefited from it once over the last couple of years. Um, And so it's just, you you know, you kind of related it to, to LeBron and to the NBA, and that's what it's almost turning into is where, Certain, it seems like certain players and certain teams are benefiting, um, kind of at a disproportionate rate, and that is not improving the on field product, right? Because as much as player safety is a concern and should be a concern, what the NFL cares about is on field product. There's no way that, uh, you know, those five second concussion tests could exist except for on field product when it's a superstar, and there's no way that the product is being improved with these rinky-dink penalties that change the flow of a game. 
That's it, and it, I don't really see a solution either. But uh, I just wanted to get it off my chest, and you know, I, I thought I'd come to you and see what your thoughts were. We're pretty much on the exact same boat. So um, let's get into some fantasy football information or, or chatter here. Uh, you know, after that game last week, and with the game we have this week, it got me thinking about these young quarterbacks. And for fantasy football rest of this season, I want to know which quarterback would you rather have, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? When I saw this in the show notes, uh, my initial reaction was Herbert, just because of the things he's been doing and the way he's got that offense humming. But when I kind of looked a little bit deeper into what they what they actually have been up to, um, you know, both have had a couple of disappointing games. Both have had some fantastic performances. But I think I'm actually going to go with Lamar because of the rushing upside. Uh, one of his good you know, performances in fantasy this season, he actually had a very poor passing game, but he rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns. And that right there makes your week. So, you know, both of them are going to have struggles. Both of them are going to have blow up games like we saw this past week from each of them. Uh, but I'll take the rushing upside of Lamar to uh, as kind of that safety net when the passing game's not working. What about you? Which way are you leaning? Well, I think it's still Lamar for me as well. But the fact that it's so close and it's a conversation now says speaks to what Herbert's doing in his sophomore season. And you know, there's some people expecting a slump, and that game against Cleveland was bananas. And he looks he, the party belongs, and it's fun to watch. So you know, who knows if this trajectory continues and he gets better and better? But uh, yeah, I'm still going with Lamar as well. And I will say, Lamar's passing game looked phenomenal against the Colts uh, to come back in that crazy Monday Night Football game. Oh, it was wild. The uh, the connection, you know, just being able to lean on Andrews like he did. Like, this is what people have been waiting for since the MVP season a couple of years ago. So let's see if he can keep it up. All right. Well, we uh, before we get going on the game previews, we do have a quick note to get to from one of our faithful Falcomaniacs. And uh, we always want to make time for you listeners because without you, we're just two guys talking on the phone every week. And that's kind of weird. But uh, let's get to it, man. Let's hit up the Falcomaniacs fan zone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to the Falcomaniacs fan zone. I'm a fan, sir. I am a fan. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. So one of our all-time favorites, not just favorite Falcomaniacs, but favorite people. We already gave him some love in the jersey swap, but uh, Tron, old Timmy B, your uh, your Brolo, my Colo. Uh, he had a question for us this week, kind of off the record, but uh, I thought both of us thought it was a good discussion to have. Um, so put it on the record. So put it on the record. It's on the record. Yeah, nothing's off the record. Um, no, so Tim was talking about... Um, you know, kind of the conundrum when you pick up a young, highly touted uh, player, especially wide receivers. It seems like this comes up with wide receivers almost more than any other position. And, you know, they're flashing as a rookie. Um, they're showing a couple big games, but maybe they're not startable every week. And you pick them up and you're holding on to them in your keeper league. And you you want to make this a thing. You want to see the potential, um, you know, reached. And it's just not happening. And so finally you have to make the decision to cut ties. And then, you know, lo and behold, it always seems like not that long after you give up on them is when they finally decide to come out of their uh, cocoon and spread their wings. 
So how do you handle this, Jeff, when you've got a, when you've got a guy who's, you know, not, not living up at the potentials there, how, how do you decide how long to hold or, or when's the right time to make your decision on that player? Well, and it's the, another twist is it's, we've kind of been spoiled with rookie wide receivers, especially right We're we're, we're some rookies have come in and kind of done it right away. And now that's becoming the expectation. Like we've had the OBJs and the Justin Jeffersons and, you know, Metcalfs, and there's a number of receivers who came in the, the year or the league and did it their first year. Uh, but I mean, the rule of thumb used to be third year breakout, right? It was a third year breakout receiver where the guys you used to target, you know, they've been in the league, they've got up to speed, they, you know, they've learned the playbook, they've learned the, you know, the connection with the quarterback. Um, but now it's, it's a lot harder, I think, because guys are so NFL ready when they come into the league. As far as, you know, how long I hold a guy, it depends on the stock the NFL team put into him. You know what I mean? If he's a first or second round pick and it's a pretty good situation, I'm going to hold on to him for, for quite a while until I see him fail, basically, and I'm going to ride it out. But if it's a guy that's, you know, a third or fourth round guy who is in a good situation but is, is not performing – um, those are the kind of guys that, you know, I, I cut bait on quicker than the others. And, and sometimes it bites me in the butt and I, and somebody else scoops them up and then I watch, you know, Terry McLaurin go off for years. So, um, it's just part of the game, right? It's, uh, I don't know. There's no science to it or nobody would make a mistake. How about you? Yeah, well, it's, you know, obviously we're talking about deeper leagues here, um, you know, multiple keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, because uh, if you're in a shorter bench league or you're in a redraft league, honestly, there's no point in uh, in hanging on to those guys because you'll always have a chance to get them the next year. But uh, yeah, I it's a tough one, man, because you're right. We've had so many wide receivers over the last even five years who show up at least they're usable in their rookie season maybe the maybe not the full breakout uh but they're a steady you know wide receiver two um scoring type of player and it's almost harder in this day and age to find the player who was pretty quiet for a couple years and then really showed up in their third year uh like they used to um so I'll be honest, like I'm happy to pick those guys up and give them a shot, but unless it's like a total dynasty league, I have a hard time hanging on to them at all. Um, I, I kind of look at the situation and the offense and, and who else is taking targets away and what is the likelihood that they're going to uh, surpass that. But it seems like if they haven't done it right away in that first year or at least in the second year it's it's hard to find a player who really is going to make that big step in their third year to make it worth your while um it's almost better sometimes i think and you're right it does turn around and bite you in the rear end sometimes but it's almost better to wait for one of those big performances and then try to capitalize and uh and include them in a trade for a known commodity um or a more dependable and more dependable player well, it's uh, it's what makes fantasy football so fun. I can think of you know a handful of guys that I dropped and other people have picked up, and just I've dreaded it. And I can think of guys that you know I've scooped up that other people have dropped, and I'm loving life getting them for free. So that's part of the game, and that's why you work the waivers. Uh, yeah, thanks for the question, Tron. We love hearing from you as always, and uh, yeah, keep them coming, Falcomaniacs. Uh, but Kyle, we got lots to talk about it's week six i know some teams are on bye weeks so there's not as many games to cover as usual but there are still a, a full slate of games including an early one in london so let's go to the nfl game previews al my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game nfl previews 
So the first game of the week is, like I said, in London, England. And once again, so we get treated on the East Coast here to some football as soon as, uh, you know, the sun's up. It's 930 in the morning and there's kickoff. So it's nice to see, uh, you know, if you can get the you can get the OK from the family uh, to sit there for, you know, 12, 13 hour day. It, <laughs> It's, it's it's okay, but I mean, the, the, as far as the game itself, I'm not super thrilled with the matchup. We got the one and four Dolphins going against the 0 and five Jaguars, forty six and a half point over under with the Dolphins three and a half point favorites on the road. I guess um, I guess this counts as a home game for the Jags. Uh, Tua is he going to be back? It sounds like he's back at practice. He's throwing. He's doing all the right things. I'm not sure if he's going to start. If they haven't announced that yet, but if he is, how does that affect you know all the offensive players? Um, you know, um, quarterback Jacoby Brissett has kind of been favoring um, Mike Gusecki. Uh, Miles Gaston had a great game last week, but it's been hard to trust a lot of the playmakers on the team, especially the guy I just mentioned, Miles Gaskin. What are you doing with him? Uh, I know the guy. Well, you know what? I think we're going to cover, get into him a little later. So he, I just, I don't know if we can trust him. You know, I, my gut says he had that great game last week. I don't know if he's going to do it again this week. It's going to be the situation where he was on a lot of benches last week and he's going to go into a lineup and break some hearts this week. But, uh, yeah, and as far as this matchup goes, the Jaguars, they're giving me a feeling, and I really don't know why. I just i think it's the neutral ground that has me kind of thinking that they could pull this out. Um, Brissett's been limited in practice to his designated return. Like I said, we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. Devontae Parker did, uh, did not practice. Marvin Jones also did not practice today. So uh, as far as the yes and the maybes fantasy-wise, I'm starting Trevor Lawrence because I think the Jags are going to put up points. And basically everyone else is a maybe. If you can, you can probably do better everywhere. <clears throat> Pardon me. Other than uh, you know, I'm probably starting James Robinson as well, just because he seems to be getting the workload. Um, but Miles Gaskin and everybody else in the in this game, I'm really having a hard time trusting. And I think this is it. I'm taking. Uh, man, I'm taking the Jaguars <laughs> to win the first game. Oh yikes! Uh, yeah, no, Lawrence. Lawrence, I think you're right in this matchup. The Miami defense has been so disappointing. I think he's a for sure start. James Robinson absolutely must start. He's in your lineup. He's locked and loaded. I think for the rest of the year now. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, man. I think if uh, if Marvin Jones is a no go, uh, I'd be willing to put Lavisca Chenault. We have no Chark, and if there's no Robinson as well, um, he's just gonna see work like crazy. And uh, if there's no Devontae Parker, I think that would give me more confidence with Gaskin um, with those targets because that was kind of uh, that was kind of what led to that uptick was Parker going um, out of that game. Um, if it is Tua, if somehow you know they activate Tua and decide that he's good to go, the the biggest effect I think that we will see is uh, Mike Gusecki because at the start of the season, you know, he was a total flop. He was a total bust. It wasn't what people were expecting at all. He wasn't getting any work, any targets. He wasn't even getting all the tight end targets. And then as soon as uh, Jacoby Brissett took over, um, he became a very usable fantasy option. So uh, keep an eye on that. There's a few players we should know um, because it's the early game. We should know ahead of time. And uh, but yeah, keep an eye and make sure that you uh, have an option to flip away from. And don't forget, it's an early kickoff. Don't get stuck with somebody in your lineup who's not playing. But uh, you've got the Jaguars. <sighs> I don't think I can do it, buddy. I'm gonna take the Dolphins to win it. That's how they say it in England when they make a bet. Um, all right. Well, let's get let's get to a couple of real football teams. We've got ooh, maybe not a couple of losing records. The Kansas City Chiefs, PU at two and three, 
taking on the Washington football team at two and three big scoring alert, big fantasy game alert, 55 and a half point over under. And the chiefs are six and a half point favorites in this one. Kansas city is like, it's like, uh, you remember those puzzles when you were a kid and you had all the monsters and it came with legs and a middle and a head and you could mix and match them however you wanted and make whatever. It's like somebody had one of those and they took like the very best offense in football and then matched it up with the very worst defense on the bottom. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's got big muscly arms and then little chicken legs underneath. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to make of it, but they're going to put up points and they're going to give up points. So this should be an exciting one for fantasy managers. Uh, Kansas city's actually been running the ball very well as a team. Obviously Clyde Edwards, Alaire, um, you know, on IR, he'll be out and, uh, Daryl Williams, huge pickup this week on waivers. I think it's going to be a big day for him. McKinnon might see a little bit of work too. But uh, all that I know is that KC should be able to put up points. Washington's defense has been a bit disappointing this year as well. And uh, the football team's going to be playing catch up in a shootout. So uh, start your studs. A um, couple of names that you do need to watch. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he didn't practice. He seems to have re-aggravated that groin. I think he's, he's gone, so cut him. Um, you know, it was worth a speculative ad when he was coming back, but, uh, he's, you know, he's been hurt since May and he hasn't been able to get through anything practice or game without re-injuring. So, uh, he's no go for me unless you've got an IR spot and he gets put there, but, uh, Tyreek Hill did not practice today and Antonio Gibson did not practice. So keep an eye on both of those guys, obviously huge pieces of their team, but, uh, the usual yeses are yeses this week, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Daryl Williams, for sure, I think. Uh, Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, all those guys for sure. And then on the maybe list, we got a couple of the Max, McKinnon and McKissick. So, uh, you know, the secondary backs on both of those teams. Um, I know McKissick was a, was a favorite later on in the show when we get to the sitting start, but a player that could see a lot of passing work as they're trailing. And uh, one more name on the maybe list for you. The guy that, uh, you know, has taken over tight end duties for the Washington football team is talking about Ricky Seals-Jones, the former Arizona Cardinal. Um, He's been getting targeted, and, uh, you know, the Chiefs' passing defense is very vulnerable. Would you be willing to take a flyer on him as a spot start? Uh, It'd have to be pretty desperate, I think. I mean, you're right. This is going to be probably a shootout, and Tyler Haneke has been, you know, better fantasy-wise than I I thought he would be. I don't know if I trust Ricky Seals Jones yet. I, I'd rather be wrong with him on my bench than get a two or three in my starting lineup. Um, yeah, and this one's this one's going to be really interesting, man. I don't know what to, to think. I think the Chiefs are going to come out angry and come out on fire, but they haven't been able to stop anybody. And you're talking about you know all top heavy on offense and no D. Is that a result of you know Patrick Mahomes making so much money in this mega contract and them not having enough money to fill all these holes? Is this you know? what we're going to see moving forward here, or is it just kind of an anomaly early in the year? I don't really know, man. It's like, I I'm trying to make up my mind about what I see because I'm just finding it hard to reconcile with what I've seen over the last couple of years. And it's, it's discombobulating me a little bit. Well, I don't know. Where do you stand on that? What do you think? It's hard to say because I mean, Andy Reid's Andy Reid, and and they're probably going to end up where they want to be. But this year feels like I mean, the two and three is obviously it's, it says it almost all. But they're I don't know. There's something not there. I don't know if it's just 
if it's just the defense, there's even on offense, there's something not 100% there. Just I don't think they find their, found their groove yet, which is kind of scary, and I think they will, and it could be even early as this week. Let's not forget the Washington defense has not been what everybody was expecting them to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're they're going to give up points this week as well. So it's, as far as the outcome of the game, I'm taking Kansas City on the road to an angry Kansas City Chiefs team. And if they lose this game, then it's gonna really going to be up O time for uh, KC fans for sure. Yeah, I agree. I've got the Chiefs in this one. Um, you know, Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. And uh, for this team, they've been there two years in a row. That's a lot of football. That's a lot of uh, on on schedule time and not a lot of downtime. So maybe they're just burning out. Um, I guess last year too, I kind of forgot about this, but last year, didn't they win a whole mess of games by like, you know, three to five points? Like they had the, one of the lowest scoring differentials, but they just kept winning those close games. So maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just, you know, statistics kind of evening themselves out here. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I think they've got this one locked up. Oh, uh, right. our next Ooh. game is going <clears> to, <throat> sorry. Yeah. Yep. No, nope. yeah, sorry. Uh, it's going to be, a... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited about the, this game because it could be like you know district nine backups against the la rams where <laughs> we're not sure what's going on with the giants but the four and one rams are going to new york to play the new york football giants it might be the ed o'neill or was it rick moranis and the little giants who was anyways um they're one and four right now that's a 48 and a half point over under with the rams 10 point favorites on the road uh we mentioned this on tuesday's episode uh every Everybody's back. Slayton is limited. Galladay did not practice. Tony was limited. Sterling Shepard's limited. Sounds like he's going to be back this week. And uh, Danny Dimes, it sounds like Daniel Jones, like he's uh, progressing you know, positively is what I, I guess the quote from uh, the coach judge said is he's, he's progressing in a positive manner. So hopefully he's out there Sunday to give the Giants a chance. I don't think that they have a chance regardless. The Rams are a really fun football team, and they've got it on both sides of the ball. And uh, I think they're going to be able to put it all together this week. Um, you know, it's uh, – I don't know what to think about this this Giants team, like, whatsoever with – you know, I know Devontae Booker was a big ad as far as um, waivers go this week. Um, but I don't know if I would trust them against this Rams front. I'm definitely starting Stafford, Woods, Cup, and Henderson and everybody on Los Angeles. But any of the Giants are, are maybes for me including Daniel Jones. I'm excited about Kadarius Toney, but I don't know about him in this matchup, and I think I'm trying to avoid as many Giants as I can, if possible. Uh, I'm taking the Rams on the road. Yeah, for sure. If um, if Jones is under center and he's healthy, I think Tony's in play. I think it you know, it sounds like Shepard uh, for sure is on track to play and possibly Slayton. So having those guys back would help a lot. And the Rams pasty, um, you know, teams have been able to get at it a little bit, but not not very much. Um so yeah, they're all if you're if you're in need, if you're in a position of need, you might have to put them in. And uh, Booker, you know, I actually picked him up in our league of note. I was surprised that I managed to get him, um, <clears throat> but uh, I don't have confidence this week. I think he's a good pickup for you know the next the next two or three weeks after this for sure. And then who knows what's happening? But uh, I don't have a lot of confidence against this Rams front. I think that the Rams defense is going to cause headaches. I think that Matt Stafford's going to get the job done and uh, the Rams are going to get the win. Oh, this is the one everybody's been waiting for. The, both of these teams' records, I think, are wildly misleading because we've got the Tekken, Texans at 1-4 and four, taking on the Colts at 1-4. and four. 
And I don't know how the Texans have managed to get their one win. And I don't know how the Colts have only managed to get one win. Like it's, there's no way that the same, the same win loss record could represent these two teams. Uh, this is uh, projected to be 43 and a half point over under low scoring affair. And the Colts are 10 point favorites. So that tells you what Vegas thinks of the uh, Texans offense, right? Oh boy. Um, yeah, they're not good. And, uh, the Colts look no. so good. They lost that heartbreaker on Monday. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I love Rodrigo Blankenship. I, I, uh, loved him when he came into the league right from the start when they talked to him about getting drafted and he's like, Oh, I was, uh, building a Lego set. And then my girlfriend told me that they drafted me like just, you know, football. Woo. But uh, tough to see his night end like that. You know, a couple misses and uh, kicking kicking with an injury. He was out of the game for a little while, so who knows how much that affected it. But uh, the Colts want vengeance, and they're going to take it out on this Texans team. I think they're going to beat up. I think, uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to just go ham. He's going to eat, eat, eat. He's got those Canadian Thanksgiving leftovers coming. Uh, Michael Pittman, Carson Wentz, these are guys that have to be in your lineup. Uh, the Colts DST I've got going. I we talked about them on the waiver uh, the waiver roundup last episode, and I've got them going a couple leagues. On the Texan side of the ball, the only player he was kind of a kind of a down player the last couple weeks, but the only guy I'm interested in is Brandon Cooks um, because they've got to pass the ball, and he's basically going to be it. Uh, what do you think about some of these other guys though? We had a big performance from Davis Mills this past week. Is he worth rolling no, out you. there again? No, thank you. <laughs> Um, what about any of the Colts no, tight ends? No. And, uh, Naheem Hines, is he going to no, maybe see a little that. relief work? No. Naheem Hines is a definite. Yeah, I would, I would consider him, uh, you know, the, the I, I agree that John Taylor is going to eat this week, but, uh, you know, if you look at the splits from the backfield, Hines is getting plenty of carries and plenty of touches. And I think uh, this is going to be a kind of game where they're running it out at the end and Hines could get lots of work. So I'm, I'm happy with him in a flex, I think. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I got the Colts taking this one at home, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's probably the way you're leaning to, eh? Oh, yeah, big time. I'm taking Indy, and it just a, you know, that was a heartbreaker. Uh, Jonathan Taylor won me a matchup in one of my leagues with his huge performance, uh, so that was great. But, yeah, it was just a devastating loss. They're going to come out on fire. They're... I, I, so I, I work with a Colts fan. I saw him two days after the game on, on Wednesday night, or Wednesday afternoon, I ran into him. And he's typically the happiest guy in the world, no matter what. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, well, I'm all right. Like, Still, he's like, yeah, that one stung. I was like, yeah, I guess so. That was pretty rough if you're an indie fan. But uh, that is football. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, speaking of rough, the losses and, and devastating results, the, the coach of the Lions, we saw him uh, you know, on the social media there and after the postgame uh, press conference in tears after the losing uh, last second field goal again to the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Pardon me. Uh, so the 0-5 Lions now host the 3-2 and Bengals, who, uh, you know, the Bengals hung with the Packers. Uh, if it wasn't for about 340 missed field goals, they, they would have won that game. Um, but they're a lot better than people are giving them credit for. And uh, this game's got a 47.5 point over-under with Cincy being a three-point favorite on the road. Um, as far as injuries, Joe Mixon's limited. I don't even know if it, it, we can consider him limited. It sounds like he's just doing stuff off to the side. So uh, very worrisome there, with especially with um, Pirine on the COVID list. Swift is limited. Javon, uh, Williams is limited for Detroit as well, so both running backs there. And Hawkinson did not practice, who, uh, you know, he's obviously the focal point of that uh, passing game. Um, as far as the yeses and the maybes, I'm definitely starting Burrow. I'm definitely starting Chase. If Mixon plays, I'm starting him for sure. 
I'm pretty happy starting Boyd and Higgins as well. I love the way the Bengals' passing game is working and clicking, and I think they can all be fantasy relevant. And uh, if the Lions are playing, I'm starting Swift and Hawkinson. Um, Goff is a maybe for me. Uh, Williams is a maybe for me. I don't know, but I, I wanted to ask you about the Detroit, Detroit wide receivers. I know that a couple guys had about eight or, or seven or eight targets last week, uh, St. Brown and Khalif there. Um, I don't know if you're starting any of them or if you're comfortable with them. I'm really not uh, thrilled about either one of them this week. No, I wouldn't be unless, you know, like we said, we're into bye weeks. If you're in a deep league, not much on the waiver wire, uh, you might find one of those guys out there and be able to spot start them in a flex spot or something like that, but uh, not with any confidence. You know, Jared Goff's been competent, I think. Uh, by no means is he standing out, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I would look elsewhere. Um, if you're going to take that deep of a flyer, you want somebody who has got the mega, the massive upside, if you can find that. Um, somebody who can hit that home run on one play that makes your whole week, but uh, I don't think those are the guys. Uh, one quick name I did want to mention because, um, you know, Mixon's limited, and like you said, P. Ryan is on the uh, COVID list, and we're not sure what his status is going to be. Um, it could end up being Chad Evans. Uh, Chad Evans is the third string running back in Cincinnati. Um, and you know, if they do build up a lead and it gets out of hand, it could be a, could be a big run attack. So, uh, you know, might be worth, uh, might be worth a quick ad on Sunday morning if we find out some news on, uh, Mixon here. But, uh, I got the, I got the boys in the stripes. I got the Bengals, the Tigers taking down the Lions. Oh my! Well, I do too, and I, I almost took the Lions, but I couldn't take two 0-5 teams. I think it's going to be close, though. I don't think they're going to get out to a huge lead and blow them away. I think the Dan Campbell's got this team in a competitive mindset, and they're going to fight and, and claw their way into uh, a <laughs> game here. So I do think the Bengals win, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, we just talked about the uh, the Bengals, the Bengal Tigers, the Lions, and now we got to talk about the Bears, buddy. Lions and Tigers and Bears and Cheeseheads. We got the Packers at four and one taking on the Chicago Bears, their mortal enemy at three and two, 44 point over under, and the Packers are five point favorites in this one. Uh, that Green Bay team is just rolling along. If they uh, if they could get a kick, they'd be very happy. Uh, they finally got one. Mason Crosby, lucky him, he still has a job because. Uh, you know, it's kind of like you goofed off all day and then the last five minutes you were busy and the boss happened to walk by and look over your shoulder and saw you working hard. But uh, he won't have many more chances if he performs like he did last week. The Bears, on the other hand, they're collapsing. Uh, they're collapsing as an organization. They're collapsing as a roster. They've got no Monty. Now Williams is on the COVID list. And, uh, you know, we're running out of healthy bodies. The wide receivers are underperforming. Uh, Justin Fields, the rookie, is playing like a rookie. What is that all about? Why, how dare he? Uh, but on top of that, he's banged up. We don't know what's happening. You know, I said it a couple weeks ago, our pets' heads are falling off. It's just uh, just turned into a bit of a nightmare in the Windy City. Um, and I, I think that the Packers are primed to take advantage of that. They're just going to jump all over it. Aaron Rodgers knows how to handle teams like that and, and just put it out of reach so that they kind of lose all faith in themselves by halftime. Um, few names to watch, nothing too serious. Randall Cobb, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, all limited at practice. Uh, Darnell Mooney limited. Allen Robinson did not practice today. Um, definitely worth watching. Uh, you know, my feelings on him. He was one of my, uh, one of my Thanksgiving breakup players. Uh, yeah, I had to put him back on the, put him back on the bench, maybe just, uh, you know, put that number in a drawer and tuck it away. But, uh, in case you're in a position where you do have to play Robinson, uh, definitely worth watching. 
The yeses, we're going big on the Green Bay guys. Rodgers, Adams, Jones, absolutely. Uh, if Damian Williams is out, Khalil Herbert is a name you need to uh, watch out for. We talked about him last week. We talked about him on uh, the waiver show. Um, he had 18 carries last week when the Bears were uh, when the Bears were rolling against the Raiders. So uh, definitely, probably got picked up this week. But if he is out there, uh, might be worth a stash. On the maybe list, this first guy I think is actually a yes for me, but I didn't want to presume what you think. But A.J. Dillon, he's getting worked in more, Jeff. Are you comfortable putting him as a flex now? Is he is he that guy now for you? He's get, definitely getting there. He's you know kind of working himself closer to the role that Williams had last year. It was scary at the start of the year if you were, were rostering this guy. It was not that scenario at all. It was Aaron Jones showing and Dylan didn't do much, but now uh, as the season progresses here, he's getting more and more looks and he's, uh, you know, he's working the pass game as well. So I don't hate that at all. Yeah. And, uh, the other names on this maybe list, I'm, I'm leaning towards the no side. The one is maybe Randall Cobb. If you want some touchdown upside, if you want that secondary target for Rogers, you can always throw Cobb in. Um, and he's probably out there on waivers. But uh, on the Bears side, you know, Fields for me, not till I see something, especially with him banged up and we don't know, you know, what his mobility is going to be like. But it doesn't really matter anyways because Matt Nagy's not using it. And uh, the two receivers, Robinson and Mooney, uh-uh, got to show me something here, fellas. I, uh, you know, what's the old saying? Fool me five times, shame on you. Fool me six times, shame on me. So uh, y- you won't get fooled again. That's the point here. <laughs> oh, I like it. so we're both taking green bay i think in a in a big one here yipper uh well that, that's enough about that one man this next game uh banger alert is actually we should have some sort of horn that goes off when we have a, a prime time just outstanding matchup like this Wah. one with the 4-1 chargers going against the f- <laughs> there it is <laughs> and that sounded like the um war of the worlds when the aliens those things <laughs> disintegrate all the people yeah that was a banger <laughs> um you probably just scared the shit. If anybody's listening to this while they're driving, they're probably... <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, 4-1 Chargers against the 4-1 Ravens. That's why I asked the question earlier, Herbert versus Lamar. This game, uh, they're playing each other this week, and it's going to be so much fun. we got a 52-point over-under with the Ravens, a 2.5-point favorites at home. Uh, both teams are coming off just crazy dramatic wins last week. Uh, these are the two top teams in the AFC, other than the Bills, if you ask me. Um, this could be, you know, it's a potential AFC championship game preview. Um, I can't wait to watch this game. I mean, it's almost like I, the other games are going to be in the way of this one and some of the other games in this late and uh, the other late afternoon once again. But uh, uh, yeah, both teams are on fire. Both offenses are scoring at will, and both defenses are capable of making big plays. But they're giving up lots of points too, so it should be fun. Uh, as far as the practice uh, scenario, once again, we're we're recording on Thursday, so double check uh, double check practice. Uh, statuses on your on friday before you make your decision uh lineup decision sorry um but as far as thursday goes we had williams was not a did not practice and uh, neither did sammy watkins and uh basically the yeses and the maybes um everyone you drafted that's in this matchup you're starting here you're, you're starting with these and all the receivers you know both quarterbacks running backs uh latavius murray is a probably you know he's starting for me i don't you know he's not doesn't look great but he's probably going to find the end zone and uh, the other maybe I want to ask you, but it was Jared Cook of the Chargers who's putting together, uh, you know, quietly putting together a decent season for the uh, the Chargers there. 
Yeah, he's been hit or miss. I, uh, you know, I had the privilege of starting him a couple of times, got one good game, one not so good game out before I had to make a deal and uh, move away. Um, I think that with Cook, uh, his, his, you know, he's as good as any other waiver wire uh, tight end. He's got an opportunity because of the offense. Like when you're, when you're taking a flyer on a weekly streaming tight end, you want an offense that's going to score points because the more points they score, the more chance you have of, you know, getting a piece of that. So certainly he fits that mold and uh, watch that Mike Williams status, because if he's out, if he's injured, then Cook for sure um, becomes a big piece of that. And, uh, you know, Keenan Allen becomes like a must start wide receiver one. Um, Murray, he is going to be the guy. I don't know that he's shown me really that he has a lot in the tank, but he's usable. And uh, like you said, he, he could get his way into the end zone and, and uh, you know, make you happy at the end of the day. So I think he's okay with that. But uh, yeah, should be a real slobber knocker, as we like to say. Uh, we're going different ways on this one, though. I got the I got the bolts in blue. I've got Justin Herbert and the boys. Uh, you know, the Ravens got lucky last week. I don't think it's going to happen again. I think the Chargers take it down. There you go. Well, I think uh, the only reason I'm taking the Ravens is because they're at home. If it was the other way around, I'd be taking the Chargers. And, uh, it's yeah, this one's going to go back and forth, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a uh, we've got another pretty exciting one. Could have been a real super duper running back duel, and instead, I don't know if either of those guys are going to be in for sure. But uh, we've got the Vikings at two and three taking on the Carolina Panthers at three and two, forty six and a half point or forty six point over under, and the Vikes are one point favorites. So this is just a straight up coin toss game. The uh, Vikings got the win last week. You know, you talked about it, broke the hearts of Lions fans everywhere. Maybe not the most deserved win in Minnesota history, but uh, the, the offense in Minnesota, it started off hot. We talked about Kirk Cousins as a, you know, a guy on waivers that you could pick up, and he's been a top-tier quarterback and, and just doing work, but it just hasn't been clicking the same way. So uh, it's going to be tough sledding against this Panthers defense. They looked fantastic at the start of the season. Um, they've come down a little bit since then, but, uh, definitely got shocked in their loss to the Eagles last week. Um, so we'll see what, uh, Kirk Cousins and the boys can do against this Panthers D that, uh, they'll be looking to bounce back from that loss. And, um, we're waiting to see, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's kind of dipping the toes in the water. He's had a couple limited practices, but, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. So definitely, you know, important to watch. Um, if he's out again, yeah, oh yeah, sorry, go read, ahead. Sorry, Kyle. I just read uh, there was a setback with him. So he, oh. he actually didn't participate in practice today. So it's not well, looking great. For not looking good. So, uh, what I was about to say is if there's some kind of setback or if he ends up not starting, this might be the time to, uh, you know, send out another little feeler message to the CMC manager in your league. Falcomaniac, see where they feel. Are they getting frustrated? Do they need a plug and play? player right away and uh you know maybe you can make a deal and uh set yourself up if you've got the intestinal fortitude to uh to gamble your season on cmc returning but uh yeah so that's not good news for him and we had a few other uh did not participate adam thielen uh justin jefferson today and alexander madison all did not participate in practice so uh definitely bears watching on friday see what that final practice report says Dalvin Cook was limited, but trending towards playing. 
So, uh, yeah, you're, you're starting your usual guys. Jefferson, if he's in there for sure. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, Cook slash Madison, whoever the lead back is going to be, I would go for. And then uh, Chuba Hubbard, I think. Uh, you can start with confidence if he's if he's rolling for the uh, Panthers. Uh, the quarterbacks for me are both on the maybe list. They both have shown up, you know, and done well. Darnold, uh, you know, I don't know if it's still true, but at one point recently he was leading the league in rushing quarterback touchdowns. Uh, Cousins started off hot and has cooled off a little bit. So either one of those guys, I think you could you could probably throw in. I'd be more likely to do it with Darnold than Cousins personally and then uh and then there's a whole bunch of what ifs you know Adam Thielen he's kind of fallen off uh after the hot start he's he's trending back towards what we kind of said in the preseason which was a big regression from last year's touchdowns um Tyler Conklin came back to earth after the big week but again you know as good as any other tight end flyer um KJ Osborne who you know those first couple of weeks looked like this could be the new Justin Jefferson playing alongside the regular Justin Jefferson but uh he hasn't been nearly as involved after since week two so I'm I'm probably not leaning that way at all and then uh yeah Robbie Anderson nah sorry you got dumped at Thanksgiving don't call me I'll call you <laughs> I like it too who are you taking in the, to win it yeah, I think the uh, I think those those big black cats are going to be too much for uh, for Lars and the Vikings to handle. I got the Panthers. Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers as well. And a real quick note about the Vikings. I know you said their offense has kind of been sputtering and not what it was, but uh, I saw a funny note or an interesting note about Dalvin Cook slash Alexander Madison, and you know the argument for handcuffing your stud running backs. Uh, if you had both of those guys rocking them this year and you handcuffed Cook, you do have. Uh, the RB4 on the season combined. So if you started Cook or Madison, whoever was playing when the other was hurt, or you know when Cook's in there, he's obviously the lead dog. But when Madison's been in there, the, the Vikings running back is the RB4 on the season right now. So that's kind of a you know a feather in the cap of people that handcuff the running backs. Our next matchup is another. This one's going to be a fun matchup too, man. 5-0 Cardinals going to Cleveland to play the 3-2 and two Browns. We got a 49.5 point over under with the Browns three-point favorites. Uh, yeah, Browns coming off that devastating loss last week to the Chargers uh, last minute. You know, couldn't hold them off in the fourth quarter. And the Cardinals, are they got another win, but they didn't look as, you know, as electric. They didn't look as good as they did uh, in the weeks previous. So I don't know if the league's figuring them out, if they're slowing down, or if it was just a little hiccup. Uh, but they are 5-0, and and they're on the road right now. And they're, they're facing a tough team who's going to be, you know, hungry for a win after that devastating loss. So, um I'm not sure which I think will happen more if if the cards can show up and and do what they want to do. I think the Browns D is better than what they've played so far. They've had some tough matchups early in the year. Um, This is another one, and uh, I I think they're going to actually do enough to get the win. So um, I'm leaning towards the home team as far as the matchup goes. Um, That being said, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kyler Murray is not 100% right now. He's limited in practice. Chase Edmonds is limited in practice. Hopkins is not practicing at all. And uh, on the Brown side, neither did Chubb or Hunt. But um, I'm pretty worried about some of the, the players on the Arizona side. I think uh, the, the Cleveland running backs, one of them will go and they'll be amazing. So uh, as far as starts, yes, obviously, if he's playing, you're starting Murray and Nuke. Um, the Connor Edmonds running backs in Arizona, that's not as you know cut and dry as it was at the start of the year, I think. Connor is getting a lot of goal line works, a lot of goal line work, and it's kind of evening out what they're doing fantasy wise i know edmonds has kind of disappointed owners so far um so i I don't know which one you prefer actually kyle maybe i'll ask you right now which one would you start this week uh edmonds or connor or do you uh 
are you trying to avoid it altogether? Um, yeah, if, like, if I can for sure. Um, but, uh, if I have to pick one of the two, I'm probably going Edmonds, um, just because of the, uh, the threat of getting the receptions out of the backfield as well. Um, I think that that Browns, you know, their front four is going to be pretty stand up the way that they can be. And, uh, Connor, you know, he's had production fantasy wise because of the touchdowns but I'm not sure how real or how much I believe in that. Um, I think that Edmonds is, is going to emerge at the end of the season as, uh, as the player that you wanted in that backfield. And uh, I think this is one of those games where, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield might be a better way to attack um, from those close quarters. So, yeah, I don't know. But if you can avoid it, I'd, I'd be happier with that. Yeah, and if you can start one of the guys on the other side of the ball, Chubber Hunt, you're definitely doing that both are playing amazing football right now uh the maybes is you know it's there's quite a few of them and some of them are hit or miss aj green christian kirk uh, rondell moore from the arizona receiver corp after nuke uh, you know sometimes they go off sometimes they do nothing so it's hard to trust uh obj is getting a lot of air yards he's got a lot of these uh, you know analytics and statistics that are backing up you know he should be better than what he's performing but he's not doing it so uh, part of me thinks he will this week because i'm facing him in our league of note um, but uh, <laughs> until he does he's really really hard to trust and uh jarvis landry you know he's trying to work his way back from injury i'm not sure if he's gonna be able to go if he is baker loves throwing to him uh and joku's been great as of late and baker himself is um you know he had a nice game last week but uh this is the cardinals d is five and oh and then they're getting after the quarterback so he might be hard to trust this week as well i'm taking the browns at home though i think the cards are going to get their first loss and i'm taking cleveland yeah, I'm just I I leaned that way, especially because the Browns are going to be you know trying to control the flow of the game. I think that's why the the over under total is under uh, fifty right now is just because the game's going to be slowed down by the defense and run attack. But I don't know, man. Depending on health, um, depending on health, if the pieces are there, I think that the Cardinals are uh, going to be more than a match for Cleveland. I think they're going to win and go six and zero. Oh. Ooh couple of three and two teams coming up here we've got the las vegas raiders they uh they need some football they need something you know steady in their life right now uh they're in turmoil and they're heading to denver heading to that rocky mountain high to take on the broncos uh like i said both three and two teams uh 44 and a half point over under and the broncos are three and a half point favorites so uh you know not a high scoring affair and uh pretty close one is what vegas is calling for um you know, we don't want to get too much into it. We talked about the news, the John Gruden um, resignation uh, as it broke when we were recording on Monday night. But uh, that kind of thing, it, it's tough sometimes to bounce back from, especially when you have to just immediately get back to business and things are in upheaval. Now, I will say this is the other way that it can go is that this becomes a rallying point for the team. Um, it brings, you know, it brings that kind of unity over uh, overcoming some kind of adversity, like losing your head coach partway through the season. But uh, I don't know if this is the week that that's going to happen. It's a short turnaround. Um, they're coming off a bad, you know, a dejecting loss. And then this happens. And then we don't know what changes are going on behind the scenes. Um, the Broncos <clears throat> the Broncos as well are uh, trying to salvage their season and uh, they want to keep things going so that when uh, Jerry Judy gets back and healthy, they've, they're still in the mix of things. Um, on the Raiders side of the ball, one of the things that they need to focus on is getting Darren Waller going again. Um, you know, I think he's still the number two tight end on the season, 
but uh, he certainly hasn't been hasn't been supplying your team with fantasy points the way that he did at the start of the year and the way that you were counting on when you took him in the late second or early third round. So uh, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna see we're gonna see these two teams trying to show people who they are and what they're all about. Um, I'm interested how that's going to go. I'm interested how the Broncos D is going to be able to uh, to shut down or not shut down the Raiders offense, but. Uh, you know the regular the regular guys that you want in there are in there and I don't know if I feel too comfortable about anybody else like I'm I'm starting Waller for sure I'm starting Cortland Sutton probably both of the running backs for the Broncos Gordon and Williams um I've got the Broncos DST going in our league of note I think that they might be able to take advantage of the uh you know the turmoil with the the new uh coaching staff and just trying to figure out things and Noah Fant uh looking for a bounce back from him what do you think about Josh Jacobs, though? Um, you know, we got news that Peyton Barber is uh, is active and healthy at practice again. Um, he was starting to take away some looks and showed up pretty big when he was the healthy back. Do you like Jacobs in this one, though? I'm very, very intrigued by Jacobs. Uh, you know, I, he was a guy that a lot of people were high on when he was drafted, and then a lot of people complained about how he was used. And, you, you know, you said there's a new coach now. Will that change? So he's a guy I've really got my eye on this week. I'm I'd probably start him, and hope that uh, they utilize him as a kind of a bell cow and and or more of a bell cow than they have in uh, games past. Yeah, it could be. And there's some other names that you know you could lean both of the quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr. Uh, Carr started off the season so fantastic, leading the league in yards. Um, kind of come down back to earth, but maybe this is where he turns things around again. Um, you got Henry Ruggs, big play upside. You know he can he can boom bust for your roster if you're looking for somebody to plug and play. Uh, Hunter Renfro, one of those players that uh, Tron was talking about, who you know he kind of held on to and held on to and held on to and then let him go, and now all of a sudden he's kind of just a steady Eddie. And then uh, Tim Patrick, who we've talked about quite a bit on the Broncos, he might be closer to the yes in this one, um, just the way that that offense is trying to get the ball moving and uh, standing in as as basically the number two pass catcher. Um, and uh, yeah, if Jacobs is, is ready to go, I don't think you can plug Barber in, but he's definitely worth having on your roster because if there's one thing we know about Josh Jacobs, he's either scoring three touchdowns or getting hurt. I've got the, I've got the Broncos uh, yeah. at home here, buddy. Yeah, I do too. I think they're gonna bounce back. They, they, you know, they figured something out about. I think they just came out flat against the Steelers, and uh, you know that second half they were making it a game. And if that was, you know, another quarter long, I don't know if we would have the same outcome. So I think the Broncos will be all right at home this week, and they'll bounce back and get uh, their fourth win. Our next matchup is the four and one Cowboys going into New England to face the two and three Patriots. Fifty one and a half point over under with Dallas being a three and a half point favorites down the road. The Cowboys are clicking, man. They're really, really good at football, and uh, the Patriots are not that good at football. They're they're good at a lot of things, but they're I don't think they're going to be able to hang with this offense. And uh, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a a cowboy lover, like uh, mm-hmm. Steve has kind of accused us of being, but they're doing what we said they they were going to do. This, you know what I mean? When we were talking preseason, we liked everybody on this team, especially Dak, and uh, he's doing it. He's playing amazing football coming off that injury, and it's awesome to watch. Zeke looks great, and uh, Tony Pollard looks great. The receivers, the weapons, um, yeah, I'm excited about what the Cowboys can do, and I don't know if the Patriots have enough on defense to slow them down. 
and I don't think the Patriots have enough off, on offense to make it a game. So, um, yeah, as far as pack, practice goes, both running backs are limited or did not practice with uh, Harris and the Patriots, but Zeke was limited uh, to start the week. We'll see how that uh, changes on Friday if it does. Um, the yeses are all the Cowboys, Dak, Amari, CD, Zeke, Schultz. I'm putting him in as a starter as well because Dak is – you know, it's just like six catches for 80 yards every week, and you know, the odd time he finds the end zone. And I'm starting Tony Pollard in this one as well because he has been the most efficient running back on the season as far as uh, pro football focus stats go. So uh, he's a start for me as well. I'm also considering the Dallas defense. Um, I think Mac Jones is going to be have his hands full trying to keep up with this Cowboys team. And uh, another guy I want to ask you about actually is brandon bolden who's getting uh, some more and more looks in the james white role for the patriots or would you consider him as a flex yeah absolutely um you know we we know in that uh, patriots offense what how valuable that role can be and uh one thing to note about harris is uh you know he was injured in the last week and we're not sure where he stands on that but he also had another fumble and uh well, Bill Belichick, he doesn't like it too much when you're running back fumbles, and uh, he he doesn't mind putting players in the doghouse. So whether or not Harris is healthy, we may see him out of this one. So I think Bolden absolutely uh, could be plugged in because of the passing work, and I think you're right. I think that Dallas defense, you know, they're, it seems bizarre to say, oh, I could start the Cowboys defense, but I am impressed. The moves that they made, um, you know, we talked in the off season and at the draft, they did the right things and they added players and, uh, they look legit. And the, the biggest thing for fantasy football is they are causing turnovers. Like Diggs is, he's, you know, put him in at wide receiver, make him the wide receiver three. He's catching the ball better than his brother is. I'll tell you that. Um, but, uh, you know, what does he have six picks in five games or something crazy? Like they are legit and, uh, yeah, they're going to take advantage. I think how about them Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. It's going to be a fun year for Dallas fans. What? Oh, is it going to be a fun year for Steelers fans, Jeff? Please say yes. Please say yes. I am still undecided. I don't know. I think we might find out this Sunday night. Well, it might be a fun week anyways. We've got uh, the Seahawks taking on the Steelers, a couple of two and three teams, trying to get back to their uh, the glory that they've enjoyed over the last uh, decade. Uh, low scoring, low scoring over under, uh, this week, 42 and a half or 42 points. Pittsburgh are five and a half point favorites coming off that win against the Broncos last week. Uh, I thought it was, you know, like you said, if there was another quarter, it would, might've been trouble, but that's why they're called quarters. There's only four of them. Uh, they put an okay effort in. They had a hundred yard rushing game for the first time in 16 games. That seems like surreal. The Pittsburgh Steelers went the equivalent of a full, (laughs) yeah, surreal and accurate. Accurate from what the eye test tells me, but surreal yeah. that the Steelers, the you know, yeah. I don't even think there was such a thing as running the football before the Steelers came around. But uh, you know, they they've been struggling, and uh, you know, Najee, we joked about him and his 19 targets a couple weeks ago, but uh, he did work on the ground last week, and he's going to look to keep doing it. And uh, I don't know that the Seahawks are up to the task of stopping him. They have not been stopping much. They are, what's the, what's that old saying? They're like putting out a fire with a paper bag, right? Um, but, uh, you know, a couple of new faces, couple of, a couple of names that in the preseason, shame on us, we didn't do any prep on these guys. We didn't tell anybody to go out and draft. Geno Smith and Alex Collins, they might be the uh, mainstays of the backfield for a little while here. Uh, Chris Carson, 
Um, you know, another DNP not looking good with that neck injury. And uh, I don't know... I don't know how successful those two are going to be, and I don't know what they're going to do to the value of uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Like Lockett's in the middle of one of his usual, you know, mini slumps, and when he comes back, he's going to come back in a big way. He's going to put up forty or fifty fantasy points for you, but I don't know if it's going to happen with uh, with Mister Smith under center. Um, DK was limited at practice this week, but I don't think anything big to worry about. Uh, Big Ben did not participate. Uh, Hopefully that's just a bit of a maintenance thing because uh, (laughs) if you think Geno Smith is a bad backup option, uh, you know, the Steelers, hopefully they're not saying hold my beer. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to say yes to a few of the Steelers guys. Najee, Deontay, Claypool, all those guys, get them in your lineup if they're if they're rolling. And uh, I think you got to roll out DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But uh, I don't really like the other options. I don't I don't want Alex Collins in my lineup against the Steelers front if I can avoid it. Uh, maybe the other pass catchers, James Washington and uh, Pat Fryermouth. Um but uh, yeah, everybody else is kind of yucka duty to me. Yeah, I agree, big time. It's, uh, <sighs> well, this is what I mean. Where are they going to find out if we're in the mix, or if we lose this game to Geno Smith and Alex Falcon Collins, then we know it's going to be a long season for Pittsburgh fans. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, are we gonna? Are we? I'm are we locking Pittsburgh. it in? Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh too, buddy. Lock it down. Lock it yeah. down. Three and three, five hundred team after yeah. this week. Oh man, I'm in, so I'm going away for the weekend with three members of uh, the League of Note. One of which is going to be starting Geno Smith against the Steelers. We're going to be watching football the whole day together, and I just dreading him pretending like Geno Smith is a real thing. As they're if they beat the Steelers, I might drive home a night early. So uh, we'll see how the weekend plays out. But, um, <laughs> we have one more game to cover here, man. The Monday Night Football game: the Red Hot Buffalo Bills. They're four and one. Who did they lose to again? Uh, going into Tennessee to face the three and two Titans. 54 and a half point over under with the Bills six point favorites on the road. Um, I don't I think I was telling you this off air, Kyle. I think if I were a betting man, I would take the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. Bills Bucks is what I'm feeling as of, you know, week six. But uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills have everything you want, they have depth everywhere as well, and uh, they're well coached. So I think they have a, a real chance to be a contender when it's all said and done. And uh, the Titans have been, you know, they feel worse than their three and two record, don't they? Doesn't it feel like they've been pretty underwhelming and they're sitting, you know, atop their division and kind of walking away with it right now because of everybody else being so bad, uh, with the Colts being at one and four? But uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I I trust anybody outside of Derrick Henry on that team right now. He's playing like a cheat code. It's like a you know a Madden cheat code right now. Um, and yeah, as far as this game goes, I think the Bills are going to keep on rolling. I'm taking, uh, I'm starting all the Bills that uh, you think, including uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and now including Dawson Knox, who seems to uh, have Allen's trust and is you know consistently putting up top numbers for the tight end position. Uh, AJ Brown is back in the mix. I'm hoping he has a better game than he did last week, and I'm definitely starting King Henry. Uh, my maybes are Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Julio. If if he comes back to play, I, it's just his role is so weird with this team, and I don't know if it's he's ever going to be the Julio of old. So if you if you roster him right now, I'm sure you're trying to trade him, and it's it's not going as you wanted it to. It's You kind of got to ride it out, I think, uh, at this point. And I'm also considering starting the Bills' defense. Uh, I like what I've seen from them. I am actually am starting them in one of my, my leagues this week uh, just because I want to hold on to them for the rest of the year. They're, they're putting up points. They did it against the Chiefs last week, and uh, I think they can do it against the Titans. So I'm taking the Bills in Monday night. 
Yeah, AJ Brown and Julio, like it's good to see them both looking like trending back to playing again. Um, and hopefully Brown, you know, another weekend is is healthy and ready to show up because he hasn't showed up all year long. But, uh, you know, it's funny because we got one good game out of Julio, right? We had one game where, um, you know, he kind of did some work. He had 100 and 120 yards, I think, no touchdowns. But uh, he did more than Brown's done. But both of them are going to have a hard time against that Bills defense. Receivers have just been getting killed by Buffalo's D. Um, so I guess you've got to start at least Brown for sure. You probably have to start Julio if he's in and you drafted him where you did. Um, but, uh, Derek Henry's the only, the only Titan that I feel good about this week. Um, and I don't think you're wrong in saying that they're definitely one of the favorites to make it all the way. The only problem for Josh Allen is if they get to the Super Bowl against the box, like you're talking about, the only guy who gets more calls than Josh Allen is going to be on the other side of the field. So I don't know if he's going to like that too much, but, uh, yeah, I got the bills in this one, uh, taking it down on Monday night. Well, Falcomaniacs, we've got all those hard decisions to make. You got players that are hurt. You got players that you dropped or want to pick up or you missed or you didn't miss. And uh, it's a real brain buster. We don't need, we don't have the answers for you. So we got to turn to our good friend, Tyler, the fantasy Falcon champion, the commissioner of the Sorry for Partying League and our special correspondent with his segment, A Sitting Start. Coach. You can't put me in now. We can win this. It's just bad strategy. A sitting start. Hello, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to a sitting start week six. Only one way to get started with this, and that's with my anti-Lions pick this week. Joe Burrow is a start for us at QB. The Lions just keep letting teams score. I know Burrow had a minor injury scare last week, but he has multiple touchdowns in every game this year and has posted over 280 yards passing in the last two games. That's a start to me. J.D. McKissick versus Kansas City. The Washington football team are going to be in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Washington's wide receivers are banged up, and Kansas City has a hard time stopping running backs who have the ability to catch the ball. McKissick should be in for a big second half if they're trying to keep up with that powerful Chiefs offense. Carson Wentz versus the Texans. Wentz looked great on Monday night. He threw for two touchdowns and over 400 yards. His matchup this week is a lot easier as the Texans have allowed three QBs to score over 19 points this year. Bye week start this week, so don't hesitate to start Wentz if you need to. All right, let's get to some sits here. My first sit of the week, A.J. Brown versus the Bills. No receiver this year has topped 76 yards against Tredavious White and the Buffalo Bills. They're uh, best passing defense in the league which doesn't bode well for Brown, who has yet to top 50 yards receiving this year. Another sit, Derek Carr. We all know about the events that have been happening in Vegas over the last few days. That could lead to a rough weekend for the Raiders. Derek Carr, does, he does know this playbook front and back. He's always been praised for how well he studies. But over the last two weeks, his fantasy output has regressed significantly. If I had Carr, I would sit him this week just because of the emotional, emotional and changes surrounding that team, not to mention the skill level of that Broncos defense. Third sit of the week, Daniel Jones versus the Rams. It looks like Jones will be able to play this weekend after spending the week dealing with that scary concussion, but maybe the Giants coaching staff should also think hard about sitting him this week. He has nobody to hand the ball off to and even less people out wide to receive it. Giants had a rough rough past weekend, and they're coming up against a very good Rams team. 
All right, those are my starts and sits this week. I've got one guy left here that I have no idea what to do with. Miles Gaskin. Miles had a great week last week. He had 27 points against the Tampa Buccaneers and their great, great run defense. I'm not happy about him only having five carries, but he had 10 targets. He's got a good matchup against Jacksonville this week. They play in a neutral site in England. But can you trust Miles Gaskin anymore? How, how do you guys feel about Miles? So there you have it. We've got our starts of the week. Joe Burrow taking on the Lions. J.D. McKissick at Kansas City. And Carson Wentz taking on the Texans. And the players that he wants nothing to do with. We just talked about this guy, A.J. Brown against the Bills. Derek Carr against the Broncos. And Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones against that L.A. Rams defense. Uh, but what about his question here, Jeff? I know you kind of touched on it uh, earlier in the matchups, but uh, Miles Gaskin, you know, major disappointment. Um, it's been a roller coaster with him, and I'll tell you as a manager, it's been painful. You felt so good on draft weekend when the Dolphins didn't really do anything, and then the usage wasn't really there, and then it totally disappeared. Two touches in week four, and everybody around the world collectively sighed and put Miles Gaskin onto their bench. So of course, last week in the uh, in the in the game against uh, Tampa Bay, the best run defense in the league, of course he had a monster game with ten receptions and two touchdowns. So I don't know, man. I think I'm I, well. I've got to roll him out. I've got to roll him out because of uh, you know David Montgomery injury and bye week uh, players that I just can't replace in our league of note. It's too deep. Um, but, uh, there's another league I roster Gaskin in and I'm pivoting away. I want to see it again before I really feel good. I want to see what the usage is going to look like, um, you know, in a game where they can run the ball and in a game where they're probably not trailing. Where do you stand on Gaskin though? Well, I think I'm glad I don't have my, my, any of my rosters. Um, I, but as far as this week goes, it, it's, it's a good situation for him to do well. I don't know if, you know, he'll get 10 targets again, but he could, and he can run against his team. Um, if it wasn't the Jags, I would be really hesitant to start him. Um, but since it is, I, I think I would start him in my flex. Um, but, you know, I, I wish that you had to decide between him and Cordero Patterson this week because Patterson's on a buy, I believe, right? So yeah. It's not even an option for you. I it wish would, you it, had to make that. It wouldn't be a choice. I'd be, I'd be Patterson all the way for sure. For sure. He hasn't given me any reason That's not to put him sense. in the lineup, and uh, I need to see more from Gaskin. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think uh, uh, anybody that's rostering Gaskin right now, they're they're probably going to end up putting him in their lineup this week after what he did last week, but don't be surprised if he goes back to Dudsville. Um, I hope not. I hope he is, uh, uh, you know, the more fantasy-relevant running backs, the better for fantasy football, so hopefully uh, the Dolphins can put one together here for the for everybody, but uh, yeah, i got to see more of it before I really trust him uh, like, like a lot of the people do. Uh, we've got some other matchups that we love this week, though. This is a you know becoming a fan favorite segment, and uh, let's jump right into it, buddy. We got to go to the Rambo of the week. Are you listening? The fantasy fucking football Rambo of the week. Who are you? The worst. So last week we we did okay, you know. I mean, we we base our decisions on guys in good situations. <laughs> the and, process, well, I mean, the Stephon process Diggs was good. Is, the process was good, but the result yeah. not so much. The, Josh Allen threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns, which is what we were hoping for when 
when we picked Stephon Diggs, but he only had two catches for 69 yards. So he didn't have a lot of that volume, which is, you know, he's he's going to get it. It's just it wasn't last week. He ended up with eight points, which isn't a great for Rambo. And, uh, and then in my pick, Matt Stafford, who he was phenomenal. Uh, you know, 365 yards, one touchdown, though, and one pick. So he only ended up with 17 points. If he got another touchdown, that, you know, puts him up there and where I thought he was going to end up. But he did what he wanted against that team, you know, so I was happy with my decision there. Um, just not the results. Um, but as far as this week goes, I'm riding the hot hand. The guy who ran wild on Monday Night Football won me a matchup in one of my leagues. Like I mentioned, I'm picking Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts running back, uh, going up against the Texans team. I think they're going to run wild. They're going to make this a statement win. And, you know, they're, it's funny to say it's week six, but their playoffs almost start right now if they want to end up in where they want to end up. So uh, they got to start putting some wins in the on the win column. And um, I think it starts with Jonathan Taylor running wild. So start him with confidence. He is my Rambo of the week. um no i like it jonathan johnny taylor was actually the first name that popped into mind but uh you beat me to the punch so i had to pivot to my second choice and uh a guy who's been a bit of a pleasant surprise um you know managers who who went to him in the draft season or if your league drafted early maybe in your first waiver wire run uh, with the Cam Akers injury, but I'm talking about Daryl Henderson running back for the LA Rams. Uh, he has been getting a massive snap count when he's healthy and workload. Um, you know, he's taking 90% of the running back snaps. He has been hurt a lot, which is not great. Um, but uh, he has performed well and he's gone up against some tough matchups. Now he gets an easier road to plow against uh, the Giants defense. And if the Rams get up big, they could use him like they did earlier in the season to really run that clock out. I think they believe in him a lot more than Sony Michelle. It all comes down to health, but if he's running and he's good to go, Daryl Henderson uh, could be a sneaky play that could end up as a top three running back this week. So he is my Rambo of the week. To survive a war, you got to become war. Nice. You're well prepared, Kyle. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, those are our uh, yeah, those are our go-to guys. Those are the guys we want to send in to get the job done. But uh, these are a couple of guys that we want to stay away from. These are our Roy Munsons of the week. Let me give you some advice. Stay away from this guy, huh? Give him a wide berth. He's what is called a born loser. The Roy Munson of the week. A real Munson. <laughs> So last week we were kind of, you know, half on, half off. Um, I, I felt like mine was a bit of a cheat. You know, Miles Sanders, he, uh, he just did what he's been doing all season long. He went 11 carries for 45 yards and seven points. Now, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to publicly shame you here, Jeff, but we did have some controversy when you announced your Munson last week. I pointed out to you that he was almost my Rambo. So we had very different takes on this player last week, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. You just didn't like what you saw, and he'd been having the knee irritation, and you just you, you went with your gut, which I, I don't have a problem with that. You just felt like something wasn't right. But uh, the something that wasn't right, unfortunately, was your call that he was going to be a Munson because he went off 21 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown, 25 fantasy points. So... Uh, yeah, that's all right. You win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. it was the sushi I had the night before. My gut was off. So uh, <laughs> I blame Aji Sai. Oh, don't you ever blame Aji Sai. You take that back. 
No, you're right. I took that back. Like, I didn't even want to say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please punch us. Yeah. <laughs> next segment brought to you by Hajisai. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by Hajisai. Um, but uh, this week, I just talked about this player, Alex Collins. Uh, he's a popular waiver ad. He's looked good. Um, good-ish, I would say. Maybe more on the side of the ish than the good. And uh, he's going to have the start with Chris Carson out, but... Going up against the Steelers, they haven't allowed any touchdowns to running backs yet, and they have played some top-notch running backs um, as well. Pittsburgh's going to be making life tough for Geno Smith in the backfield, and the whole Seahawks offense could struggle. Um, if you need a desperation play because of bye weeks and injuries and whatnot, sure, Alex Collins might be okay. He might be a bit of a Rudy, right? Six or seven fantasy points, but uh, I don't think there's much to count on there. So to me... He's a Munson. I think we need to see. I'm picking better players than you're picking. Like Alex Collins is a bum, and he's gonna be a Munson. I'm. St- I gotta revisit how I look at this because I'm picking Antonio Gibson, and he's he's gonna get started everywhere uh, because of where he was drafted. I, I you know he's going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, where it's a great scenario and a pretty good situation. Um, I just have a gut feeling again, and I didn't have sushi last night where uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are kind of come out angry. You know, there's been talk of Antonio Gibson dealing with a a hairline fracture in his shin. Um, This could be a chance where, you know, Kansas City gets up early where they, you know, kind of take him out and take him off his feet, and you see a lot of J.D. McKissick. So, um, yeah, this is another gut feel. I'm going with Antonio Gibson against the Chiefs as my Munson of the week. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Uh, So uh, we did the League of Extraordinary... Oh, I was just going to say, I'm not trying to cheap you out here. Um, I just picked Collins. Like, he is a bum. You're right. He's a bum. There's a reason why we didn't talk about him once in the preseason. But uh, I know that a lot of uh, a lot of managers are looking his way because they lo- they have guys out with injury. They have guys out with waivers. And uh, he is going to have the workload. He's going to have the backfield basically to himself, uh, more or less, with Seattle. But uh, I think you need to look elsewhere. Uh, yeah, well, we shall see. I think maybe we'll be talking about Antonio Gibson like we were talking about Zeke this week. <laughs> <after> <laughs> he goes off against the Chiefs. But I just my gut feeling says they, they, they take him out of it and it, uh, the Chiefs win big. But uh, I was going to mention the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Game of the Week. We I jumped the gun and mentioned it on Tuesday night. Uh, or Tuesday's or Monday night, Tuesday's episode where I thought, you know, there's there's a couple matchups that are close point-wise, but it's going to come down to uh, the matchup between me and um, Tim being a great one, but it's all the, like the game of the week, and no doubt about it, is you and Christian. And I just pulled it up here, and much to my chagrin, he's started. Well, he's got an O in his lineup. He's got <laughs> oh, it's so bad, it's so. But he started a defensive player who's definitely out, so it's not a great start. You should get your first. Uh, taste of victory is that your first one of the year that'll be my first one of the year uh although oh, i will man, i will say, I, say the same. I will say though you know i'm sitting down at 0 and 5 we've talked about i'm still chasing i'm still a believer but uh you know overall looking at overall scores i'm uh you know i'm scoring up in the in the upper half at least of the league i'm i'm far and away above the other own five teams in scoring and uh we talked about my opening schedule to the to the season i've basically gone up against the top five teams and the top five scoring teams so uh you know there's no excuses in fantasy football but i i think this is going to be the start of my five wins in a row to get me to five and five 
Oh man, I can't wait to watch it because there's it. The top eight is pretty solid, but there's a couple teams that feel like they're you know hanging on by a, a thread and they may fall out of it. So you're gonna need one or two of them to do that so you can get up into the top eight. But I can't wait to watch it. Uh, and uh, you know I'm not giving up either, even though I should be with the, the roster <laughs> I have right now. But uh, uh, um, it's fun, man. I love it. I love being 0 five. It's kind of a freeing season this year where. Uh, you know, I'm not so stressed out about every decision. I'm just looking for potential and youth and, and breakouts and trades and, and waivers in a different uh, light. So it's been a fun year for me. Yeah, but this is revenge uh, game time, man. I'm not going through this again. I, uh, I, I've I been losing sleep for 10 months, especially the way it came around, right? Like I was, I was trying to coach him up and help him and giving public calls for attention to his team. And, uh, you know, it's like Daniel son turned around and did the crane kick right in Mr. Miyagi's face. It was, uh, it was dirty pool, Christian. I'm not going to let it happen again. Come on, Christian, you can do it one more time. Do it for the greater good of fantasy football. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out next time we get together, Kyle. This is, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we want to thank all the Falcomaniacs for listening once again. If you have questions, please email us or leave us a voicemail using the, uh, the link in the show description. Follow us once again on Instagram or Twitter at Fantasy Falcon Football. Or, sorry, Falcomaniacs Football. I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing there. Falcomaniacs Football is the handle on Instagram at Twitter. And uh, make those moves, get those wins, and for the f- get those fantasy Falcon championships. Have a great week and set your Falcon lineups. Woo!